another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen. Guys, believe it or not, it's Financial Literacy Month. And I know it's kind of confusing because I just found out about it myself. So we're going to get into some things. Let's take a moment out and I'll be right back. So guys, like I was saying, it is literally Financial Literacy Month. And I know you're saying, okay, Queen Pen, of course you can talk about financial literacy because you're the coupon Queen Pen. You're always telling us how to save. You're always telling us how to keep those coins in our pockets. But believe it or not, I did not know that April was Financial Literacy Month. And why not? Because guess what? It's also tax time. Remember, our taxes this year have to be filed by April 18th. So normally tax day is April 15th, but they decided to give us an extra few days. So you have until April 18th to file your taxes. But let's really get into what financial literacy is because a lot of times, If you're kind of like me, sometimes when you hear certain words, you want to zone out. You may not necessarily do it, but you want to. You because it's just like want, 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 want. You start start to feel like you're hearing Charlie Brown's teacher. So I just want to break down a little bit for you what financial literacy is. You know, so that we can all understand it. Because, you know, you start saying words like Stocks, annuity, investments, bonds, and everybody goes, what, what, huh, what, you know, 401k, we all know we're supposed to have one, but we're not quite sure what it does for us. And then you, of course, you have people that are like, well, it just saves for retirement. You know, you don't know what these things do. And it's kind of confusing. Like I said, you know that you're told you're supposed to have these things. You're supposed to do these things but you don't know what they do. It's like, what the heck, right? So let's just really get into this. Well, financial literacy is really the ability to understand and use various financial skills, skills such as financial management, budgeting, and investment. And I know you're still like, what the heck? You know, you just threw more words at us, Queen Ben. Okay, so financial management is really, really simple. It's things such as bill paying, saving responsibly, you know, planning for retirement, things like that. That's really what financial management is. Is are you good with your money? Do you have a good relationship with your money? And a lot of times we're saying, of course I have a good relationship with my money. Are you a spender? Are you a saver? Do you know when you should not be buying stuff or do you have enough self-control or are you one of those people that has $50,000 in the bank and still crying broke? Because believe it or not, there are still pe- there are people like that that ha- will have money saved up in the bank. And I mean, 
I have a friend like that, that had almost $100,000 in the bank, but always crying broke. And the weird part is she did not pay her bills on time. She didn't pay her bills. on, And it's like, okay, if you have this money in the bank, what are you holding on to this money for? Because guess what? This means that you don't have such a great relationship with money that you don't know you should be using that money you have saved somewhere to pay your bills. You shouldn't be borrowing if you have enough or more than enough to cover your monthly expenses. Now, if it is slated for something like there's some big expense where you can't touch or the account is frozen, whatever, that is a different story. But yeah, there are people out there that have money saved that will not touch it that go behind on their bills. And it sounds really, really crazy because most people, from what I found out, right when quarantine started, are living paycheck to paycheck, no matter how much they're making, they're living paycheck to paycheck, meaning they're just barely covering their bills monthly. So it's like, okay, are you one of those people or are you one of those other people who are holding on to a certain amount for a rainy day that Lord knows when it's coming, but now you're still crying broke, you know? So one of the biggest things to get around is to have a good relationship around money. And this not only means with yourself, this means with family members, friends, because believe it or not, a lot of times when money gets involved, people get really crazy. You know, it can break up, I've seen it break up marriages, friendships, you know, family members will stop talking to each other if someone's borrowed money from the other one. So you really have to have a good relationship with money. And one of the thing, the other things I see on the opposite side of the spectrum are the spenders, the people that act like the money is burning a hole in their pocket. As soon as they've got it, as soon as they get paid, they have to go out and shop for something. And, you know, even I've been a little guilty of this because we call it retail therapy. You're buying something to make yourself feel good, you know. So the question is, can you afford it, you know? Do you have a good relationship with your money knowing, hey, you know what? I need to save a little bit of this. I don't really need to buy that. Oh, I have enough to cover my bills. Let me make sure my bills are paid, you know, um, because we've seen it. We see it. I've seen it on court shows where people will say, well, hey, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I'm going to the Dominican Republic on vacation. It doesn't matter that my light bill isn't paid. Uh, yeah, it kind of does. You want to come home to be able to have lights and gas and running water and all that great stuff after you've had a great time on whatever tropical island you've been to. So yeah, you really have to make sure that you are having a good relationship with your money. And, you know, one of the crazy things, especially when people hear the B word, like budgeting, that's the big B, um, people usually give it a bad connotation. But budgeting isn't just, you know, I can't spend this. 
It's saying, hey, you know what? I want to spend this, but if I save this, I can have more for later. And that's really what we need to get to is, hey, you know what? If I do this, you know, I can do things later because we do it. We do it when we want something to do like that vacation that I was just talking about. We do it and say, hey, you know what? My goal is to be able to go to Jamaica. So you start budgeting, well, how much am I going to spend on rent or mortgage? How much do I have to spend on my car? And how much do I have to spend on the kids' activities? How much will I have left over? And this is really what budgeting is. You know, one of the things that I often hear around, especially couponers, stay-at-home moms, couponers, you know, well, my husband put me on a budget. Your husband really didn't put you on a budget. You've been put on a restriction, which means that you've been spending too much. And that's the difference, is there is a difference between budgeting and restricting. Sometimes we have to restrict because the spending is out of control. We need to, we say it all the time with food and exercise and other things and health. Oh, I need to have willpower. I need to have self-control. I need to, you know, make sure I'm doing the right thing. Well, are you having a healthy money diet? You know, are you a person that needs to have some sort of restrictions? Because budget doesn't necessarily mean restrictions. Budget means I have a goal in mind. Whether it is a short-term or a long-term goal, I have a goal in mind. So yeah, you need to make sure whether you're budgeting yourself or restricting yourself. Sometimes budgeting does require restrictions, but what people are not liking are the restrictions, not necessarily the budget. We need to make sure that we are separating the two. Like I said, budgeting, of course, is goal-oriented, goal-minded. But restrictions mean I have been spending too much. I need to rein in what I'm spending. Um, yeah, so the other thing is investing. And everybody thinks, oh my gosh, stock market, Wall Street, Dow, you know, NASDAQ, no one knows what the heck they're talking about. You just think of these crazy people in a room and talking about buy, 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 sell, 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 buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. No, (laughs) investing can be something as simple as when you do your 401k. Um, Most people don't know that 401k is your company saying, here, take this certain amount of money and put it in various stocks, in various companies, so that there's some sort of dividends or money gained at the end. Now, what happens is most people don't look at their 401ks, and I found this out crazily, because what happens is you sign a paper when you start working or you start investing and say, yeah, I want a 401k. So a certain amount of money gets invested weekly, monthly, whatever, for your 401k. But most people don't usually pick 
their companies that they or IPOs that they are investing in. They just go, here, take this amount of money out. Well, one thing is, no, you can change up those companies if you're not liking the return or the money back that is being earned when you're doing this. This is why you can do something like borrow against your 401k. Why? Because even though it is meant for your retirement, there are dividends being earned. There's money being earned because guess what? You're literally saying to a company, hey, I'm investing in you here. Here's my money. Hopefully you hopefully you make money during this year or during these quarters and I will get money in return. Well, guess what? Sometimes, as we've seen, especially now, companies may go high, they may go low, they may not do so well. So you're trying to figure out how can I get the best bang for my buck? And sometimes it's a matter of researching the company, trying to find out, hey, you know, should I invest in this small company or should I go big like Google, Coca-Cola, you know, um, or are you doing something like an investment that is really works with your ethics, works with your moral base? Hey, you know what? I'm a vegan and I want to go with a plant-based company like Impossible, you know, or anything that you think of or care about anything, but it has to be a publicly traded company, meaning they have an IPO so that you can invest in them. But it doesn't matter whether it is something that you are saying, hey, this is just, you know, I'm trying to get the best bang for my buck, or I really believe in this company and their products and or services. So you have to make sure how you're doing this. But the goal, again, I keep saying the word goal. The goal of your 401k is to get the most money out. So whether you are choosing your companies when you change over by ethics or, you know, who's giving the best returns, you really want to make sure you in the end of whatever this is are going to have the money. Now, one of the crazy things and a lot of people, especially when you're living paycheck to paycheck, don't think about having a money advisor. You know, we know about, hey, let's go to the bank, put my money in a bank, get a checking account, get a savings account. We normally think, I mean, the average Joe Smoke thinks, hey, you know what? CPAs, accountants, those are for business people. Those are for people who make a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Well, guess what? A money management person is for everyone. They can tell you, hey, you know, maybe it's time to cut out having that latte from Starbucks every day. You know, it'll save you five to $10 every day. Because the weird thing that we don't realize is that the average person, believe it or not, drinks three cups of coffee per day. The average coffee drinker drinks three cups of coffee per day. Now, if you're saying on average that Starbucks is $5 a cup, that is $15 a day. What could you do with $15 a day? And you're doing this at least, at least minimum 
five days out of the week. Let's say that you're making coffee at home on the weekends. So you're doing this five days out of a week. Five times five is 25. Five times one is five. So you're adding that two and that five. You're spending $75 a week on coffee. That is almost, let's round it up, $100. What could you do with $100 extra a week in your pocket? So yeah, you need, we all need a money management person because it could be that simple. You know, when we're talking $100, hey, this is money that could be going toward internet, which used to be a luxury, but is no longer a luxury. You know, these are things, again, like I said, sometimes it's about budgeting, not restricting. Yes, restricting might come into play with budgeting, but now we have to think, do I really need to go to Starbucks? Hey, you know what? They have Starbucks at home. I can make coffee at home and take it to work with me, you know, or, you know, the office has coffee, so I'll just make coffee at work. I don't need to keep ordering out. You know, I even have an acquaintance that discovered, hey, the markup on some of these food ordering services is 30%. Do I need to Uber Eats or should I just go to the restaurant myself or should I just order from the restaurant myself? Now, the crazy part is most people don't realize when you order from the restaurant themselves, you are saving. You are saving that 30% markup. Remember, on $10, that is $3. So let's say for a family of four, you're spending approximately $40. So if you're saving $12 on every order, come on. Like, you have to think. Again, you're almost at the $20 mark. What could you do with $20? Believe it or not, even just saying 12, that is two streaming accounts per month. Can you afford to save that? And this is still with eating out. This is not saying, hey, you know what? I can't eat out. I have to cook every night. No, you can eat out. You can do the things that you love. And sometimes it's not saying, hey, I can't have the Starbucks. But how about let's have one Starbucks a week? So you're spending $5 as opposed to $75 for the week. You know, um, you don't necessarily have to go to Dunkin' every day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. We don't think about these things. So financial literacy, having a financial person, you know, a money management person will help you with these things. Finding out, hey, should I be restricting? Should I be budgeting? Because One of the things is that we don't realize that financial literacy affects all, not all, but a lot of our life choices. Should we rent? Should we own? Uh, What schools are we going to put our kids in? Can we afford to send them to private school? Of course, we want our kids to have the best education, but can we afford to send them to private school? Do they have to go to public school? And guess what? Even if you're making public school for a financial choice, now it gives you a chance to research, 
hey, what are the best public schools? You know, these are things that you don't think about. What vehicles we drive. Because, of course, financial literacy also now runs into our credit score. And everybody hears this big number. Oh, my gosh. My credit score. My credit score. My credit score. What's my credit score? And the funny thing is most people don't want to check their credit score because they're flipping scared. They are scared. And I can't blame you. I used to be one of those people. I did. I was one of those people. I was scared to check my credit score. Why? Because at there were points where my spending was out of control. I mean, you know, you get your first credit card, you max it out, you lose your mind with it, you know, you're young, you're but this does affect how we live later. So, yes, you have to think about these things because this is what financial literacy affects. It affects many things in our lives, so many things, you know, and even going back to something like investing, do you want to look at investing for yourself? Do you, can you afford to invest? Uh, what should you be investing in? And this is talking about something like the stock market. This is why, in other words, it is important to get someone like a money management person, a personal accountant, you know, someone to help you maneuver where you're going as far as your finances. Again, this is not saying that you have to restrict anything because one of the craziest things that I found out that it is actually better to have bad credit than to have no credit history. And it sounds super crazy, but what most people don't realize is if you have bad credit, you can repair bad credit. It is hard to get a company to invest in your credit history when you don't have one. So, you know, it's easy to say, okay, you know what? Let's get your bills paid on time. Let's get those delinquent, you know, accounts back current, you know, any arrears you may have. Let's get those fixed. Why? Because those will bring your credit score up. Or someone may tell you, hey, it's worth filing for bankruptcy, filing for Chapter 11. This way you start with a fresh slate. It may not be for everybody, but it is helpful. And this is where, again, your money expert comes in handy. So yes, but they also tell you stuff when, hey, this is the best time for you to borrow. And you're thinking, what? Borrow money? get a loan. This means this is something I have to pay back. But guess what? Sometimes it is more, it's, it's better for you to borrow money from a financial institution. Why? Because now you get to pay off bills immediately, meaning that some of those delinquencies that I was just talking about, some of those, you know, arrears that I was just talking about get paid off right away. Guess what? Bringing up your credit score. Now you have one bill to pay. Why? Because you paid off multiple bills with that one loan. So yeah, but 
I hope that this has helped you guys. I hope that this has broken down some things for you guys. Because like I said, I know when we hear the words financial and literacy together, we get like Charlie Brown sitting in the back of the class, looking at the redheaded girl going, wah, 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 because we don't want to hear it. But yes, guys, again, this is Financial Literacy Awareness Month. And make sure that you're finding that person. You can even walk into your local bank and ask them, hey, do you have any way you can help me be able to manage my money better? Um, there are plenty of programs all over the place that are giving away free resources on helping you budget, invest, you know, short-term goals, long-term financial goals, helping you. And one of the things is what we don't realize is, especially as parents, what we do, our children tend to emulate. So if we are showing that we are confident in our financial skills, they will begin to be confident in their financial skills. So yes, and even sometimes taking our children to the bank with us and saying, hey, you know what, we're going to learn about this today because we don't like to admit sometimes that we don't know everything, but guess what? If mommy and daddy are learning about it and we're taking our children along, they're going to learn about it as well. If they're seeing that we're willing, more than likely they will be willing. So yeah, it's not necessarily just about you. Even if you're thinking about, hey, let's do this for the kids. Let's figure it out for the kids. Because guess what? It affects their education. It affects how they will pay their bills in the future. It affects how they will deal and handle money. So yes, let's get this good thing going. And of course, throughout this month, I will be posting some amazing things because we all need to do better. But it's always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey, this is P. Perkins Heard from the Trap Life Podcast, and you are listening to the CQP Moments Podcast. Remember to subscribe, share, and enjoy.